0: You want to be an engineering manager. What about engineering management is appealing to you? What do you hope to accomplish? The road can be rough, but thankfully I've run across enough bumps to know how to navigate them. Whether you're wanting to dip your toe into management or dive in headfirst, today's episode will help you inspect some of the lesser discussed aspects of management. As always, if you have questions, reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn or on HartleysHandbook.com. There is no one size fits all to engineering management. So let's get started. Welcome back for episode four of Hartley's Handbook. I'm John Hartley, and this is the go-to podcast for engineering leaders looking to level up their skills. Each week, I'll dive deep into the world of management, bringing you tactical advice that cuts through the noise. No vapid quotes. No BS, just straightforward advice you can implement immediately. In this week's episode, we're diving into the exciting realm of engineering management, unraveling the mysteries behind transitioning from a brilliant engineer to an influential engineering manager. Get ready for a power pack session filled with insights, strategies, and real world stories that will propel your career to new heights. As I mentioned, there's no one size fits all here. Everyone has a different background that gets into engineering management. Some take the more traditional route, where they start off with a degree in computer science, work into being a software engineer, and then become an engineering manager. My story, I started off in broadcasting as my major in college, and I ended up going to be a software engineer at Front End specifically. But since then, I've managed many different types of groups, So don't let your background, don't let your degree hinder you or prevent you from thinking that you can also become an engineering manager. There's a few things you can do to start to set yourself up for success, and we'll go through some of those today. A common question I'm asked is, I'm a software engineer, how do I become an engineering manager? Management is that strange layer where folks are there, and it's not always clear how we got there. In the first question I generally respond with is why do you want to become a manager? Why do you want to become a manager? I think is an important question to ask here at the beginning because you got to have the right motivation. If you go into this saying, I want to be an engineering manager because I want the power. I want all of the power. (laughs) Things are not going to go well. You think about uh, I I don't know. Let's go with Lord of the Rings, right? Sauron uh, just trying to rule all of the realm. If you want to be that guy or that lady and have that opportunity to be in charge of someone, but then you rule with an iron fist, things aren't going to go well. You're not going to last long in that position. If you're a micromanager or you want to be overly involved, you, you're you're not going to have a good time. Somebody is eventually going to be like, hey, um maybe that's not a good style to have. (laughs) So maybe don't do that anymore, please. So think about that. Why? What is the motivation? What's the driver for you to become an engineering manager? Maybe you're at that point in your career where you're a senior or a lead and you're saying, okay, do I become a staff engineer? Or do I want to go a people route? Or am I comfortable where I am? I like think that last part is one that people don't think about too much. is Sometimes when you're a senior, you can just stay a senior for a long time. Like As long as you're a good performer, nobody's going to be like, well, no, you have to get promoted, or at least they shouldn't. So when you're thinking about that track of do I stay a senior? Do I go to staff? Do I go into management? Remember, too, that you can always go backwards. I think too many people are scared of, well, if I choose management, I have to stay in management forever. It's not the case. I've seen several cases across my career where someone has stepped into management, they've given it a shot, six to eight months in, they're like, I I hate this. Like, (laughs) I, I do not want to do this at all. And so they're able to back up into a senior role. It's a little awkward initially, sure. But at the same time, it's better to know that, yes, it's not for you and that, yes, you would prefer to stay as an IC and keep your hands in the code. I won't get into the debate today of should engineering managers code or not. I think that that is an entirely larger conversation, so I'll I'll keep it more focused on what can you do today as a software engineer to become an engineering manager. At the end of the episode, we'll revisit the why a little bit, uh, but keep that in mind as we're going through some of these things. Got about eight different points to get through here. Lists are great, love lists, uh, but we'll <laughs> we'll walk through some different ways that you can start preparing yourself and honing your skills in becoming an engineering manager. So first off, make it known that you have an interest in pursuing the career path. I think broadly stated, too many of us are too constrained by not asking for things, by not saying things. So if you want to become an engineering manager, you should talk to your boss. And be like, hey, you are in management. I would like to be in management. Can we work together on a path for that? Now, a couple of things could happen here. One, they say, yes, absolutely. We'll figure out a career path to get you into that role. Uh, two, they can say, yes, absolutely. There's no role open at the moment. I can't promise that that will ever be an opportunity here. But I do want to give you the skills to succeed and 3 they may say well i don't think you'd be good for it now that would be a great discussion to have be like hey why do you not think that i am a good fit for engineering management hopefully that's not the answer i think everyone has the skills or has the ability to learn the skills to become a manager of some sort so ask about the opportunity it seems obvious but this should definitely be the first step after identifying management as your career choice Let your manager know. Good managers will begin working with you on what a management career path looks like. While they are doing so, work to identify the why. I'm going to keep bringing that up today. (laughs) Keep working on that why of why you want to be a manager. So second, identify if there are any near-term opportunities to move into a management role. If your company is in a growth or scale up stage, a management role May open soon. It's also possible that one is already open for near-term opportunities. Talk to your manager about what gaps you need to close to be a good candidate or where you can stretch yourself to show your capabilities. The stretching yourself is uh, a great way to show, Hey, I'm ready for this. Let me take over some of these duties. Let me work through a bit of this without having to take that full dive in. Talk about moving backwards. You know, you want to prep yourself a little bit and having six months to plan and prepare and kind of work on these things is going to do you a lot of good. So once you've identified it with your manager, start thinking about, hey, there's a role open here already. There's no role here already. Whatever the case may be, think through that with your boss and figure out what that looks like moving forward. I like to give potential engineering managers managerial duties, like delegating some of my managerial duties within our direct team. As with any position, getting reps ahead of time is helpful. Managerial duties could look like any of these things. Regular one-on-ones with folks that you're mentoring. If you're not mentoring someone yet and you're a senior or a lead, you should probably do that. Having those direct one-on-one interactions is going to tell you a lot about whether or not you want to do this full-time. Once you become a manager, you should, and I'll say should because I know not everyone does, you should be having regular one-on-ones, whether they're weekly, bi-weekly, whatever it may be. Those one-on-ones are the cornerstone of how you learn, grow, and evolve with your direct reports and how you help them learn, grow, and evolve. So have regular one-on-ones with folks that you're mentoring. If you're not mentoring anyone, find someone that would be a good candidate. Dig into your bag of skills and say, hey, this is my specialty. This is the thing I'm really good at. Then find someone on your team who may be struggling in that area, whether it's process, whether it's a specific code language, um, uh, the coding languages, of course. Uh, but, but let them know, hey, I see that you're working in this area or you're trying this new thing out. Let's, let's talk about it. I have a lot of experience here. Let's work through some of this and we'll, we'll build out a small goal list of what we want to accomplish in this relationship. Another option is leading projects with a focus on execution. So not just, Hey, you are the lead developer on this project, but Hey, you are in charge of making sure that this thing gets done on time. I mentioned in an earlier episode that execution is one of the biggest things that I look for. In my engineering managers, can you take a big lumpy project and make sure that it gets done on the desired date or desired dates, whatever it may be, not saying everything should be deadline driven, but it's more, you have a target date. You can't just say, ah, go work on it forever. And so when you're given this project, say, okay, what is the target? What are we aiming for? And then what is the expectation for all of the required elements? So you've worked on projects before, you've been a developer on projects before, but now you're taking that focus of, how do I make sure everything gets done within the time that's been allotted? That shift in focus and that way of new thinking, in some cases, can really help you understand, am I fit for this role? Am I able to, if I can't do this for myself, am I able to help others execute, and finish projects. So see if there are any opportunities for that. Or even when you're on a project, work directly with your manager and say, hey, I want to work with you and see how you do this. How do you do the planning? How do you do everything that goes into this? Similar, how do you lead sprint planning or any ceremony that your team has? Have you led one of those in your current role? If not, See if that's an opportunity that you can get. I think it's an important one to try out because it helps you with meeting facilitation. Facilitation of meetings is its own job in some companies. And it doesn't need to be a high stakes meeting to start. It could be stand up, could be sprint planning, could be refinement, whatever the case may be. Talk to your boss, be like, hey, can I lead this meeting? Hopefully, you've already been doing this without thinking about it. But if you've not been, that's a great way to get started. Another thing you could do is take it upon yourself to prioritize or organize the backlog. Have a session with your manager or the product owner or whatever it may be and talk through, hey, here's our backlog. It's got a 100 items in it. I think we scrap these 50. We prioritize these five. And then these other 45, we just let hang out. That's a giant backlog, by the way. Don't don't let it get that big, but I know it happens. It it still happens, right? We get a bunch of ideas or a bunch of tech debt or things that we find along the way that aren't high priority, but we'd like to resolve at some point. So backlog organization is a great way to understand your team and understand prioritization and how you can break these things down even further. Social organization. So if you have a social budget You can say, hey, I would like to plan this social event for the team this next time around. Whether that be a virtual environment and you're going to hang out, it's thinking about your team, thinking about what your team enjoys, and then thinking about how you would like the team to spend time together. All these things get into the very kind of squishy, soft skills aspects of management. And I think it's helpful for someone to go through that before they take on a management role. So organizing, planning an event, you know, uh, the holidays are coming up. Do you have a white elephant gift exchange of some sort? Do you have a ugly sweater contest? I've done scavenger hunts around the holidays. Like that was a lot of fun, a remote scavenger hunt where you have to go off, get something from somewhere in your house and bring it back. You can have small prizes, gift cards, etc. Your manager probably has some sort of budget for these things. But that could be a good way to dip your toe into that side of management. Here's a tough one. And this one, uh, or organizations do this one different. So you may not have an opportunity for this, but I would say you should push for this. That is retro facilitation. So the retro, the retrospective. Some teams have these every two weeks. Some have these every month. Some have them two months. Some don't have them at all. The key of a retro, and I've got more on Harley's handbook about this, so if you ever want to look up how I run these, you can see a good retrospective is run well. And if you can facilitate a retro, if you can deal with all the emotions in a room, if you can hear all the voices, pull people out, engage everyone, you are well on your way to management. It is probably the culmination of all the skills that you need in an organization to bring folks together, have the retrospective be productive. So that one, again, you're going to want guardrails. You're going to want your manager support there. But retro facilitation can be insanely helpful for figuring out if management is right for you. Have discovery discussions with product managers. In my organization, we peer, uh, we collaborate with product managers, and it's the same way that it's been at other companies for me. I've managed product managers, but I've also had very good collaborative sessions with product managers. I think too many engineering managers are just ticket takers, where it's like, oh, yep, okay, we'll do this project, and okay, we have this thing, and I will execute on time, and it's very robotic, versus collaborating with product managers. You can then go through the process of, okay, how do I think about this as my customer? When you think about something as a customer, when you think about something as a product manager, you're then more able to make good decisions when it comes to prioritization, when it comes to planning the project. So have some discovery discussions with product managers. Even if that's, hey, how did you get into being a product manager? Or just going higher up in, hey, can I tag along in this work that you're going to do, in this discovery discussion that you're going to have? Stakeholder meeting participation is another good one, where you're getting to see what your manager is working on day to day. It's a lot of voices in the room, potentially, depending on how many stakeholders you have. But watching them navigate that and even participate in that conversation can be super helpful to understand day to day, Here's what I'm going to deal with. Here are the personalities I may deal with. Here are the things that they're concerned about that I may not think about day to day. Strategic planning is another one. Thinking ahead. 2024 is coming up. Do you have a roadmap? What are the goals? What are the guiding principles for your team? If you don't know those things, find out. Talk to your manager. Be like, hey, what are we doing next year? What is the overarching goal? Do we have OKRs? How do we Attached to these higher level goals that the company is trying to achieve. Working through that can be very revealing of I do enjoy this. I don't enjoy this strategic planning can be lonely. You you sometimes sit in a room and it's just like, okay, what do we need to do this next year? I don't have all the information from the top of the company, but here's what I would do. And so you sit in the room, you produce a document, some ideas. It can be group brainstorm. It doesn't need to be something that you do alone. But end of the day, engineering managers, directors, etc. sometimes you have to make those decisions and say, OK, here's the big three for this next year. This is what we're going to aim at. So it can be a bit tough, but it's helpful if you get a taste of that with your manager and say, OK, I'm ready to work with you on strategic planning. Can we do that this year? Give a shot. Process improvements. Oh my goodness. Probably one of my favorite topics, just generally with management. Looking at your machine. And when I say machine, I, I'm talking about the entire system. So if you're a systems thinker, think of the organization as a living body, as a system, and how can you tweak the system to make folks more productive, effective, uh, even more engaged, honestly. Like, are there things that you can put in place they get people to a better spot. So thinking through stand up. Okay. We do that live every day. Could we do that async? Would that give people time back? Would it be as productive? I don't know. If there's no stand up, maybe we, maybe we do one. Maybe we try one. It's looking at your day to day and trying to figure out, is there structure I can add that helps us as a team? If there's not, hey, cool, great, but it's the act of thinking about it. It's the act of thinking about what could I add or remove that then puts us in a better spot to achieve our day-to-day goals, our month-to-month goals, our yearly goals. So think through process improvements. Ask your boss, hey, what process improvements have you made? Or think through it yourself. What have you seen across the last year in terms of process improvement that we've tried, that we've tried and failed, whatever it may be, See what you recognize when looking through that lens. Reviewing metrics from completed projects. Go back in time. Open your time capsule. Say, hey, two months ago, we finished this project. Here are the metrics for that project. Here are the things we were trying to achieve. Here are the things we did achieve. Does that net out to what we expected? Do we prove the hypothesis? Similar, you can look at the developer metrics there. Hey, we said we were going to do this many points. We didn't get to this many points. Why? What, what happened? And it's not a pointing the finger at someone and saying, you, <laughs> why did you not hit your goals for this one? Why didn't you take up your points? That's not the intent at all. I never look at points and hold it over a team and say, Oh man, how did you guys not hit a hundred this time? Uh, I view points as something that's much more for me and talking about the machine. Like, how do I make that machine better? How can I be more clear in requirements writing? How can I be more clear in goal setting? A lot of different pieces there, but it it's not something to ever hold over a team, in my opinion. Um, reviewing those metrics from completed projects can help you get a better sense of where did we fail? Where did we succeed? How do we replicate the success while getting rid of the failures in the future? Architecture roadmapping is another great managerial duty or staff duty uh, to give you a sense of how to move forward with broader scope. So architecture, thinking about how the system is set up, how have we built the foundation? Are there adjustments that we should need? This leads into refactoring and technical debt identification. Tech debt identification, to me, is another good one where it's, hey, what bites us a year or two down the road? Is there a uh, scaling gap here? So if we have 100 customers and we move up to 1,000, what breaks first? Sometimes you can get really good sense of what you need to refactor, re-architect, or get rid of when you think about it through that lens. So give that a shot and think through uh, the tech debt aspect and whether or not there are things today that you should be prioritizing tomorrow in order to give you a head start further down the road. So that's a quick list of some of the activities that you can try out. Again, work with your manager to see what makes sense for you to take over and review frequently with them. It's a great way to get started. So it's it's on the side as well. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, that way you can get a sense of these items. As a manager of managers, I put people through these. if Even if they're not asking for it but have said, hey, I want to become a manager, I will have them do these tasks. I think this is the best way to start to get some experience with a safety net, right? So it's not you're doing these things and you deal with the consequences. It's you do these things with me or you do these things with my support. And I am here to help if it does not go well. I'm here to catch you if you fall, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever you want to use there. That is how I look at these opportunities. So along with these tasks. Ask your manager to give you something each week or month that they don't have time for. Asking what you can take off your manager's plate is a great step. It shows you are ready to stretch outside of your current role and potentially your comfort zone while letting your manager offload something. They have a list at the beginning of the week, most likely, of, okay, here are all the things that I need to do. What if you took one of those things for them? I look at it as... If I give someone, I I try to give out tasks that, you know, blast radius is small. If there's failure, it's no big deal and I can recover. Same thing here. It's how I used to dole out some of the uh, projects to junior engineers as well is, okay, this is a stretch for you and I know that and that's okay. Let me know how it goes. I'm here to support you. If it goes well, hey, amazing. Great. Good job. If it does not go well, that's also okay. We know your limits. I never look at that as, well, you're a failure, you're worthless, you're a waste of time. It's, hey, let's use this opportunity of this thing that didn't go well to learn even more. Generally, again, non-critical task or maybe the first pass, it's some documentation. Documentation, super easy to just hand up, be like, hey, we need to write a document uh, or do a little bit of change management on this thing. Can you start that and get at least 60% of the way there for me? Hopefully your manager is willing to give that to you and let you try it out. As you show an aptitude for the tasks that are given to you, the importance and size of the task will likely increase. Can't speak for all managers. Can only speak for managers that I've had and managers that, uh, or <laughs> it's how I manage, I guess. Is a great way to get direct coaching as well and mentorship on a managerial level task. It can also give you insight into whether management is the right path for you. It gives you this lens of, okay, here is how management works within this company. Hopefully it's not dysfunctional. Uh, hopefully it gives you a look of like, yeah, I do really enjoy this. Again, if you hate the task, no harm, no foul. The management track is right for you if you love them or enjoy the challenge. Even if you don't love them out of the gate, You can at least see the challenge and the opportunity and be like, okay, yeah, I I want more of these things. I want to do more things like this. Another one is getting involved in the hiring and interview process. Talked about this last week in episode three, interviewing. Love this topic. One of my favorite things that I've ever done in my role as a manager or even as a teammate. As a manager, you'll be responsible for the team makeup. How you build your teams or backfill your teams can set you up for success or failure. By getting involved in the hiring and interview process, you get reps in understanding team construction, or how you build your team. Shadow hiring manager interviews. Talk through each interview afterward with your manager. What did they see? What did you see? Comparing these two can start to give you more of that managerial lens and say, oh, Interesting. I would ne- have never thought about that in my current role. It can also give you a sense of, again, that team construction. What are we looking for? What are we trying to replace? What are we trying to fill? Uh, what is something that we don't have currently that we would like this person to have? Hiring and building teams is very similar to, I, I would imagine, uh, managing a football team. You have. Your offensive line, one goes down. How do you replace that that center, that guard, that tackle? What are the skills that they need in order for your team to stay successful? And how do you fill that role without it taking nine months? With reps in this realm, you'll start to see the holes that need to be filled within your current organization, and you'll start to understand how you assess talent, how you assess the state uh, of where an employee is. Starts getting into performance management. It's another great topic. So as you're looking at these individuals, look at the resume, be like, okay, what do I like? What don't I like? Review that with your manager. What do they see? How do they evaluate this individual? Resumes aren't everything. Don't, don't take it that way. Resumes just are a glimpse. And as a manager, you'll want to work on your immediate assessments and say, okay, in this moment, how do I know what situation is? How do I assess the situation and make a quick judgment call and then figure out whether I was right or wrong? So try to get some of those reps at the hiring and interview process level. Think about shadowing and talking to other managers within your company. Talking to other managers about their path may seem like a no-brainer, but it's often forgotten. Spending time with other managers will give you a sense of their day-to-day and what they enjoy or dislike about their role ask lots of questions keep an open mind see what you learn previously as i was prepping an engineer to become an engineering manager had them take folks out for coffee be like hey go pick their brain figure out how they got into their role and what you can do from that along the way to prepare yourself even more i think Too often, we don't talk to folks at our peer level to understand, oh, what are some of the challenges that you're facing? What are some of the things that you've learned along the way? We don't leverage each other enough. So work with the other managers in your company to start talking through these things, but figure out, do you like it? Do you hate what you're hearing? Hey, great. Haven't jumped in yet, and you already know, like, oh, this sounds awful. I don't want to have to deal with salary review. I don't want to have to deal with, um, the ins and outs of what it actually takes to be a manager. That's okay. Remember with all of this, you're just exploring. There's nothing here where you're saying, well, I'm basing the entire next 12 years on this. It is purely, I want to explore this a bit more. I want to see if this is something that feels like it's right for me. Another way to explore is to listen to podcasts or read about management and engineering management. I have a couple of posts on the site, one that I talked about in the first episode of Hartley's Handbook, which is engineering manager books for that you should read. Um, there's another list that's out there, nine other books that all engineering managers should read, but really dig into those and then start thinking about different podcasts you might be able to listen to, uh, How Leaders Lead with David Novak, Level Up Engineering, yeah. uh, Think Fast, Talk Smart, the McKinsey podcast even. All of these are great little gateways into how you can stop thinking at just that line level and start thinking at a team level. Start thinking about how does this affect the whole instead of just the part. then look at engineering management roles outside of your company. Some people are going to hate that I say this, and that's okay. But the reason that I do is not so you leave your current company. That's not the intent. But checking out job postings outside of your company serves few purposes. First, it gives you insight into what other companies look for in engineering managers. Second, it gives you a sense of where your skills may still be incomplete. I look at roles that are above mine right now. I also look at other director roles outside of my company. It's not because I'm looking to leave. I'm not. I'm purely looking for okay. If I want to make the transition into VP of engineering someday, what are the skills that I need to have? What are the things that I don't do today that I should start thinking about doing? We talk about strategic planning. What are things that I'm not aware of in terms of the planning cycle that I may be able to get a glimpse of by looking elsewhere? So think about that as you're walking through any job postings for the role that you want. Really gives you a sense of where your skills might still be incomplete. That's okay. I don't know if you necessarily need to tell your manager, Hey, like I was looking at Spotify engineering manager role and it said this manager may get a little uncomfortable for me. It would be like, Oh, that's interesting. I've never looked at (laughs) that. I've never looked at that engineering manager role. Um, but it's, it's a way to see how are other companies doing this. It is unlikely that you will be in your company for 30 years. We're not in that era anymore where that makes sense. Companies are rarely around that long to allow you to be there for 30 years. So it's good to get a look at, okay, what am I doing here? And then what other company is going to need of me in the future if I decide to dip into management. So take a look at the job requirements and look for patterns of skills that you lack. Once identified, look for opportunities within your current role to improve those skills. I like to build a repository or a list of skills and evaluate myself on those competencies. I like to use the four competence quadrants. Unconscious incompetence, I'm unaware of skills needed. Actually, if you've looked elsewhere at all, if you've looked at other job postings, you're past this already. Uh, conscious incompetence, you're aware of the skill, but you lack the ability. Then you move into conscious competence, you're actively aware of using the skill. And then unconscious competence, which is second nature. You're able to perform this without thinking about it. So be honest with yourself and review with your manager once you have this list. How do you get into competence with the skills that you've outlined? We've gone over a lot today about how you can start to experience the life of an engineering manager. It is not all glory. It's not all, well, I get higher pay. I get to be in charge of people and I get to tell them what to do. If you think about it that way, you're going to have bad time. There are companies out there still that are command and control types, but there are very few. You don't want to be Bill Lumberg. You want to be more Ted Lasso. And don't get me wrong, Ted Lasso is a great example of compassion, empathy, getting the most out of people. It's a little soft in some cases. I think the performance management aspect is not there in Ted Lasso that's okay. It's a nice show overall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I really do like that show. Um, as you're looking at these opportunities, though, each one is a chance to dig deeper or find another path, even if that means going back to the individual contributor trail. Remember, as an IC, you have that to fall back on. That should give you peace of mind. You're already in this role. If you start exploring engineering management, no one's going to be like well we got to get rid of this person they are <laughs> they are barking up the wrong tree they're learning too much about engineering management no company is going to do that they're being disrespectful about it sure but uh the <laughs> the case is if you're thinking about these things all you have to stand to lose is a little bit of time but isn't it worth it to spend that time to learn that yes this is the path for me or no I don't want to do this. So spend some time thinking about that. And spend some time with yourself thinking through these things. Spend some time with your teams. You know, if you have a peer or someone that you've been mentoring, be like, hey, I've been thinking about engineering management. Do you feel like I would be a good manager? Now they may be like, Oh yeah, sure, of course, because they might not know enough. Or they might not have had enough managers to understand if you've got the skills to do it. But by exploring that further and talking to folks about it, you really start to put it out there and you can start to improve upon what you've been doing. So we've talked about a lot of different ways to grow and explore, but I want to come back to the why. Why do you want to be an engineering manager? Why do you want to step into the management arena? What's your end goal? Is it a short two-year goal and you want to explore that and figure out what that looks like? That's fine. Is it a, I know exactly what I want to do. I want to become a CTO and here's the the ladder that I have to go through to get to that spot. That's also fine. By understanding your motivation, you can tweak what you're setting out to do. You can tweak what you're starting to explore and really tailor that to the experience that you want. And it's all exploratory. No one's losing out here by you asking questions trying to take on more responsibility or things that you've not gotten to do yet. If you have more questions about engineering management, you can reach out to me at harleyshandbook.com, LinkedIn, or send me a message at johnbhartley at gmail.com. I've been in management for what feels like almost 10 years at this point. And I've worked with a lot of engineering managers. I've seen a lot of things. Uh, I thankfully have gotten to experience quite a bit in my time in management. It's not always been easy. It's not always been fun. But I still feel it is a very rewarding route to take. So let me know if you have questions. Hope you enjoyed this episode. There's so much more to get into. But we'll do that in future episodes along the way. Always keep in mind your why. Your motivation. We'll have a new episode next week. Uh, Going to be out for a... Uh, christmas vacation at that point so hope you have a great holiday be back one episode at the end of the year and then probably every wednesday consistently after that again but if i don't get to talk to you before then have a good holiday stay safe out there and thanks again for listening